I want to talk to you a little bit about Rough Greens. Last night, feeding uh, Uno his prescription dog food, which, oh, I mean, who doesn't love that? I mean, I wish my pharmacy could give me all of my meals. Uh, it's the best place to eat. Is at the doctor's is, office. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, put some Rough Greens on him. He gobbles it up. Rough Greens. It's really good for your dog. Has all of the vitamins and minerals and everything else they need. Uh, plus probiotics, which your dog needs. Get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out right, right now. All you pay for is shipping. Just to make sure your dog will like it. Then order a full bag of Rough Greens and uh, and see the difference in your dog. It really does make a difference in your dog. It's it's more than just they like to eat it it uh, it changes them it really does they become more active healthier uh it's rough greens roughgreens.com slash back 833 glenn 33 roughgreens.com slash back Welcome to Wednesday. I read an article by Dee Parker um, yesterday, and it was the case for optimism. Ten reasons why the pro-freedom right will defeat the anti-liberty left. And I started reading it, and I realized, oh my gosh, this is this is very, very true. And we're winning, but it's hard to see it because there's this constant stream of gloom and doom from all sides. And... We need to start looking at the things that are absolutely true that show that we are indeed winning and are on the winning side of history. And we begin there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, I went back uh, to the archives uh, just the other day. I was looking for... Gosh, what was it I was looking for? I was looking for something that I had said on Fox, and I wanted to get the exact wording on it. And I found the uh, episode where I was warning seniors of their their plans that they were getting from, uh, you know, senior citizens, travel plans, you know, that uh, that uh, one place that, you know, you you join up when you're 50, 55 or plus. And I was warning and I'm like, look, you have to ask them, why are they supporting the Complete Lives Project? Why are they doing this? And uh, and I remembered that is when I met the people of AMAC. They came in shortly after that and they were saying, right, it doesn't make any sense. They're not on the side of seniors and somebody's got to stand up for freedom and the right things and stop BSing our seniors. That's when AMAC started. I urge you now to join AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. They're now two plus million members uh, strong and counting. The benefits are great. Insurance discounts, roadside assistance program, members only credit card, travel benefits, phone plans, dental plans, auto plans, all of that stuff. But also they are on the front lines fighting for the things that you fight for. There is power in numbers. Join AMAC for the advocacy, the benefits, and the information. But more importantly, join AMAC because America needs all of us in the fight. 
Join today at amac.us slash Beck. That's amac.us slash Beck. So Dee Parker uh, wrote uh, the case for optimism, 10 reasons why the pro-freedom right will defeat the anti-liberty left. He said, the leftist enemies of freedom and civil rights are such that it makes it impossible for them to win. And while it would be a disaster if they were to befall the planet, it would be uh, still hard to be positive. It is still hard to be positive when it's a steady diet of doom and gloom every day. Every day brings yet another attack on freedom and progress from people falsely labeling themselves as liberals. Many of these reasons from opt- for optimism of the pro-freedom right are because they are directly contrasted with the negative characteristics of the anti-liberty left. Now, this is really important. Do you remember um, years ago I talked about Martin Luther King and how he was right about a couple of things? Um, one was once you have the images that people can contrast between good and evil, people will always pick good. Americans will. Now, that is true as long as our Judeo-Christian values are still alive in our heart. That's why we try so hard to keep our, our hearts soft. That's one of the reasons why I started Mercury One, to remind you how good it feels to do good. And we were just reminded this summer when we went and helped people in Afghanistan, which is still going on. We have to keep our our hearts soft so we can recognize the difference between good and evil. That's one reason why I say we can't become them and defeat them in the way they want to defeat us. We have to go a different path. Martin Luther King said, if you contrast the two, they will always pick the American people will always pick good We didn't have the pictures of the German shepherds you know, being sicked on blacks as they marched in uh, Memphis. We didn't have the fire hoses. What we had was a group of people that we felt were Marxists. And do you remember how they fought against that? When Newsweek came out and said, we're all, we're all, what was it? Socialists now. We pointed that out at Fox and said, really, we are? Because I thought you were denying that you were socialists. Now they're saying they're out in the open and Barack Obama went on a big smear campaign and saying that anybody who claims that he was a Marxist or a socialist uh, was racist. Now they're coming out and they're embracing Marxism. As I said to you, they want to tell you exactly what they're doing, but they can't because the minute they do, you're on to them and you're saying that's not me. This is what happened in Afghanistan when uh, Joe Biden failed miserably and then claimed it to, to be a victory. Americans saw that and went, that's not us. That's not us. I don't recognize that those military leaders. I don't recognize our government. That's not who we are. And we could contrast that with who we've always been. Now, let me give you some of the reasons for optimism. According to Dee Parker, he says, one, we're on the side of freedom and anti-liberty left is on the side of authoritarianism. 
This is becoming more and more clear. For instance, Chomsky was just on um, MSNBC a couple of days ago, and he said people who refuse to accept vaccines, I think the right response for them is to not force them, but rather to insist that they be isolated. If people decide I am willing to be a danger to the community by refusing to vaccinate, um, they should say then, well, I also have the decency to isolate myself. I don't want the vaccine. I don't want the right to run around harming people. That should be convention. Enforcing is a different question. It should be understood, and we should try to get it to be understood if it really reaches a point where there are they are severely endangering people. Then, of course, you have to do something about it. So what is he what is he saying he's saying that there should be camps or there should be they should self-isolate in their home but he really means isolate because the next question was well how do they purchase food this isn't how do they go out and work or anything else how do they purchase food chomsky's response is telling well Quote, actually, that's their problem, end quote. So who is on the side of freedom and people and who is on the side of authoritarianism? It is becoming clear that the left is authoritarianism and not because we say it, because their actions are now showing it. Second uh, point of optimism, we have timeless advantages. The anti-liberty left only has short-term tactics and tricks. Well, let me give you one. Did you see that, um, that the uh, military came out yesterday and said, what is it? There are 496 Americans still trapped in Afghanistan. Well, first of all, there are more than 496, but that is double the amount that they said over the summer. They said there were about 200. Okay, so double the amount, over double the amount. And then it, later they said there was less than 100. Now they're saying there's almost 500. The truth is that it is much larger than 500 could be in the thousands, one, two, three thousand, could be five thousand. Nobody really knows. But when we said that, we were called conspiracy theorists. We were called all kinds of names, unreliable. It is becoming apparent that their short term tactics and their tricks don't work. Another example of this is, well, it's just transitory. Don't worry about inflation. It's just transitory. Well, it's not transitory, is it? Have you checked what you're paying for meat? Have you checked what you're paying for gas? Have you noticed how expensive almost everything is? Did you know that this Thanksgiving, the meal that you put down, the traditional Thanksgiving meal here in America, will cost you more than it ever has in the history of our country? That's saying something. It's not transitory. It is something that we should be working uh, to solve. All of their short-term tactics and tricks, they all fail. But we have the truth on our side. We have mathematics on our side. We have evidence on our side. 
Three, while we can be honest, the anti-liberty left has to lie to survive. Sanjay Gupta was a great example of this uh, with the horse dewormer stuff. That is a Nobel Prize winning medicine. Yet everybody had to claim that it was horse dewormer. Why? To stop people from getting the uh, uh, stop people from getting some sort of treatment and to focus everyone on the vaccine. We all know the truth. The vaccine is effective. If you want to get it, you can get it. We also know that there are other things that will help ease the pain if you have COVID. Horse dewormer is not one of them. However, the Nobel Prize winning human version of that may help. But they have to discredit everything. January 6th. January 6th is another case. Why is it that they won't release all of the video? Well, there is a really fascinating report that is out now from Revolver uh, that looks like uh, that maybe the FBI was involved in setting this up. We'll give you that story coming up. But they always have to lie to survive. We can be honest. We believe in civil liberties is number four. They don't. Let me again give you this. This is the scariest thing I have heard from a government official, perhaps of all time. And it came out of out of Rochelle uh, Walensky's uh, mouth. She's the CDC director. Last Sunday, she said there is a plan to get unvaccinated essential workers education and counseling so they will feel comfortable getting vaccinated. I got news for you. I'm not getting vaccinated. I have antibodies and I am not going to go through some government education. And I certainly will not sit down with a government sponsored therapist for counseling. So wait a minute, which one of us believes in civil liberties? Which one of us really is fighting for freedom of speech? Which one of us is fighting for the freedom of the press? Did you see yesterday two new people were appointed to the FCC hardline lefties. That is going to affect my job, my voice, your ability to hear me on radio. Mark my words. They have to shut people down. That's not somebody who believes in the Bill of Rights. The fifth reason to be optimistic we love America, and the average person loves America. They do. We have problems, and we're honest about those problems. But the anti-liberty left hates America. Look at Colin Kaepernick. We believe in individual rights, is number six. The anti-liberty left believes in collective rights. Vaccines, the mandates, the passports. By the way, the FDA has approved uh, one of the vaccines for kids. So I guarantee you the collective right of your kid and you to be the parent of your kid and decide what goes into his body and what doesn't go into their body. Uh, you're going to lose that right if you're not standing up. Uh, by the way, Terry McAuliffe, he doesn't mind. 
you as a parent don't have a right to raise or teach your kids or question what your kids are learning in school. Number seven is economic liberty has always worked and societal slavery of socialism has never worked. You know, they said the model is China. Have you seen what's happening in China lately? Number eight, we're productive in society. Those who believe in the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence, we generally are productive in society. Anti-liberty leftists are parasites. Good example of this is unrealized gains. What are unrealized gains in the stock market? That means if you're a teacher, your teacher's union has your pension and your pension is in the stock market. And every time the stock market goes up, you're now going to have to pay for those unrealized gains. In other words, even if you don't pull that money out, you're going to pay to the government the privilege of that money making money. Elon Musk just came out and said, this is insanity, insanity. And it is, (laughs) you know, this goes back to their lies and their tricks. They say they've already paid for everything. No, they haven't. Or they wouldn't be looking for unrealized gains. Or if they say, no, we're not into redistributive wealth. We're not into socialism and, and, and killing the system. Then they wouldn't be doing this because this will hurt the stock market. People will pull their money out of the stock market. Why? Because you can't afford to pay the unrealized gains without pulling the money out of the stock market. The last one I want to hit here is pro-freedom right outnumbers the anti-liberty left. And I'll, I'll show that to you in 60 seconds. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. It is really critical right now to pay attention to your financial health. What can you do today to guarantee a healthy financial future? Well, there are no guarantees in anything, but you can set yourself up if you're a homeowner. The solution may be as simple as mortgage refinancing. The people to help is American Financing. American Financing's mortgage consultants can customize a loan to meet your needs, however they manifest themselves. Maybe it's a shorter term that you need or a lower rate. Maybe it's just access to cash. They can do all of that and more. It's a no-pressure experience. I don't know about you, but I could use a little less pressure right now. And somebody who's not trying to trick me, lie, lie to me, or take my money... You're not going to encounter any of those things. No upfront fees. Uh, There's no tricks. There's no pressure at all. You might also be able to postpone up to two mortgage payments. How could that help you out right now? Consolidate your debt. Refi your debt. Talk to American Financing. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID. So um, the the book Hidden Tribes, a study of America's polarized landscape, shows that the pro-freedom right outnumbers the anti-liberty left. Um, The hardcore left, the far left, 
only comprises 8 to 10% of the population. So why is it we feel outnumbered? The reason why we feel outnumbered is because these 8 to 10% of, of Americans gravitate to culture, movies, art, uh, newspapers, radio, or not radio, but uh, 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 television, the cultural things that affect all of us, the national socialist media, the government indoctrination centers, the education. That's why this 8 to 10% can influence more uh, than sometimes we can. And they seem more powerful than they really are. However, 25% were conservatives of the pro-freedom right, with the middle classified as liberals, politically disengaged, or moderates. So it is 8% trying to sway the rest using cultural norms. We are 25%. If we just get smart... We can affect and sway a lot more people. That's why they're trying to shut anyone who is effective at it down. That's why you don't see effective uh, conservatives on television or any place else. Nobody who is effective is going to be on Netflix or Amazon. That's just the way it is. However, they're doing damage. The 8 to 10% are so far left that they are overplaying their hand and they're exposing themselves and exposing conservatives as the ones who had it right the whole time. People have been buying in, the mushy middle has been buying in that conservatives have been overreacting to these people, that these people aren't trying to destroy the free market and drag us into an authoritarian camp. Now, because they are so emboldened and only surrounded in those power centers by people like them, they're exposing themselves and thus they are hurting themselves. Another reason to be optimistic. Back in just a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. One of the things that uh, this job affords and my position in my career, which I never had when I was, you know, much, much younger, is in my position, I can I can pick and choose who advertises with me uh, and I can cancel if they aren't who they say they are. And I get the chance to tell you about, I think, great businesses. Um, one of those businesses is Patriot Mobile. I believe they are actually really part of the solution to America. My job is to convince you that we have to stand together and stop paying these giant corporations who are working against us and go and and put our money where our mouth and our heart is in places that can and are helping us and offering the same great service. And you're going to save money. Patriot Mobile is one of those companies. You're going to have the same service at half the cost. In fact, better customer service at PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Save money. Join the right side. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 
BlazeTV.com slash Glenn to subscribe to Blaze TV. Promo code is Glenn. It's Glenn TV right after the return of Stu Not America tonight. Yeah, she had to come back today. Tonight on my Wednesday night special, President Biden's radical climate agenda. What is already in place and what is coming right around the corner. Nothing else rivals the climate agenda with the Biden administration. This is their top priority because it is another way to lock people into place and take your freedoms and your liberty. The scope and the cost of this agenda is staggering. It is the fundamental transformation of America. It is the Great Reset. So much about climate change, you know, net zero, green energy and ESG is a total and complete scam. Take electric vehicles, California banning the sale of all new gas powered vehicles by 2035. Biden signed an executive order calling for half of all new car sales to be electric by 2030. But nobody ever goes into the fine print. There's a 2014 study published by the National Academy of Sciences. Hmm, let's follow science. They looked into the entire life cycle of an electric vehicle and its emissions from mining the metals to making the batteries to producing the electricity to power them. The study found that when electric vehicles are charged with coal powered electricity, they are actually worse for the environment than gas powered vehicles. And yet, The Democrats are dragging America toward electric cars that they think will run on solar and wind power. Both have major issues of their own, and they are fast-tracking us to disaster. Tonight, I want to show you exactly what they're doing, what they're planning, and how going green is the biggest scam in history. Join me tonight, Build Back Bankrupt, how Biden's climate agenda will financially ruin you. That's tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on BlazeTV.com and Blaze TV YouTube page. Right after a brand <laughs> new right, okay, America. we got it. Love of Pete. Now, as we're sitting here and we're trying to uh, rebuild a media based on the principles that our founders saw, real, true freedom of the press, and another almost quasi-branch of the government, one that is part of the checks and balances. I have been reading and rereading a speech from 1961 from John F. Kennedy. Uh, He gave it at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City, uh, and he gave it to the American Newspapers Publishers Association. He was really upset because the the coverage of the failed Bay of Pigs invasion, you know, wasn't real happy towards him. And so he came to the press and he asked them for two things. The need for greater public information and the need for far greater official secrecy. Now, I would hope that both of those things would run almost offensive to all of us still today. But in 61, it was big. Kennedy conceded. He said the two things appear to be contradictory. Secrecy is seen, quoting, as repugnant in a free society. 
In balancing a free and open society with a cold and secret war, he implored the audience of newsmakers uh, or news printers when they're going to report a story, ask themselves two questions. Is it news? And also, is it in the best interest of America and national security? I would say the same thing today. Is it news? And is it in the best interest of the United States of America? If not, why? Because that might be something that you have to add in the story. All right. To hear a president give any kind of recommendation to the press back then when we had an informed populace, it went against the grain of everybody. The press still prided itself in at least the appearance of neutrality and journalistic ethics, which are long gone. The idea of the press concerning itself with the goals of a president was still a repugnant idea, and Kennedy knew it. So he padded this speech with continuous assurances that this was a request and by no means an order from the president. He reminded the press that the press is the only industry, the only industry that is specifically referenced in the Constitution for protection. There is nothing else that is protected by the Bill of Rights as a business other than the press. The free flow of news, discussion, debate were so clearly necessary to a free republic, the founders explicitly protected it in the First Amendment. And the press, the press knew that the president knew. You, you speak to a free press or a free people with words even insinuating government interference in the free flow of information, and you would be over, at least back in 1961. But he was confident in his request, but cautious, like a president who knew his job demanded the consent of the governed. And that is the biggest thing that I have taken away from this. When you listen to his speech, he knew better. He knew better. He joked about the press. He gently reminded them of the sharks and muckrakers that they were. But he spoke to the press with respect because of their role in informing the populace which is a prerequisite for a functioning republic and freedom. In a letter to Richard Price, Thomas Jefferson uh, wrote, whenever the people are well-informed, they can be trusted with their own government, that whenever things get so far wrong as to attract their notice, they may be relied on to set things to rights. Is that the, is that the, that was the message of Kennedy's speech. That's the message of Thomas Jefferson. Is that the message of this administration? or really any administration, do they believe that things are so far off that we should listen to the people because the people will set things right? Or are they doing everything to shut the people down and tell the people, you can't fix this. We are the ones that can fix it. It can fix it. In the end of his speech, Kennedy really reflects almost, almost exactly the sentiments and words of Thomas Jefferson. I'm not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. 
for I have complete confidence in the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. Okay, he goes on to ask the press to point out his errors, saying this. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment. Isn't this amazing? Are, are you hearing anyone saying that full-throated debate, debate must happen? You're being shouted down if you disagree. You are being fired if you disagree. Here's Kennedy saying this is a freedom that everyone has and no republic will survive without it. It's the people's best judgment, not his. Back then, the president still believed in the American people. He believed that given all of the information, the American people would make the right choices and the government would follow the people. This is completely different than today. Because today, they don't believe in you. They believe the press's job is not to let the facts lay where they are, just state the facts and let the people decide. Instead, our leaders are saying this today. Do you think you need to do a better job at messaging and going forward? How do you sell this if ultimately you have to? Well, I think you all could do a better job of selling it, to be very frank with you. Wow. So their job now is to sell it. Let me give you a couple of other a couple of other examples here. The supply chain. The media is now turning not on Biden on the supply chain. They are now blaming you on the supply chain. Let me give you a couple of examples. The Atlantic supply chain problems could be solved more quickly if affluent Americans would stop buying things they don't need or often don't really want. I don't know the last time I bought things that I didn't really want. Uh, instead of questioning the Biden administration, they are they're not asking about the cargo ships, uh, the unions, the dock workers. They're not asking about any of that. They're not informing you. They are blaming you. Vox said affluent consumers need to abandon their Christmas gift owners uh, uh, orders and the thoughtless buying that they do to prioritize saving the environment. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's your fault. Let me give you this. Uh, this came from uh, U.S. National News and PolitiFact. Miscaption images of empty grocery store shelves are unrelated to current global supply chain shortages. Multiple fact checkers report. So they were talking about people who were taking pictures of empty shelves. And they're saying these are from other countries. These are from storms. You can't believe any of those. So last week I asked you, give me the date, give me the place and show me the empty shelves because the press is saying they don't exist. Let's bring up some of the pictures. We have pictures. This is from Mansfield, Ohio. 
we're experiencing tep- temporary shortages on select products due to supply chain issues. We thank you in advance for understanding. Showing the empty shelves. Uh, let's go to the next one. This is from Walmart. Look at the empty shelves. Uh, another one. Empty shelves. Here's another. Empty shelves. Next. Empty shelves. Empty shelves. Let's go to Florida. I'm in Florida where ports are open. Toiletries, liquids, and specialty products all look like this. Empty shelves. Next. More. Empty shelves. More again. In Pennsylvania, I want to show you the meat market in Pennsylvania. This, the first one, go back one. Yeah, there it is, that one. The meat market. Look how much is empty. In Houston, Texas, this is the H-E-B on uh, San Felipe. Woman at the, and by the way, if you're not from Houston, I did pronounce that right. Uh, The woman at the deli counter uh, said there's a food shortage coming. She said, food shortage coming? It's already here. Look at that. Again, a closer look at it. This is in South Carolina, the meat. Again. Look at the empty shelves. Look at the empty shelves then of the eggs and the milk. In Gilbert, Arizona, same situation. That doesn't look like America, does it? It does not look like America. And that's why the press is covering. But that's not what the press is supposed to do. Kennedy could have berated reporters for hard questions, threatened them with disinformation labels to silence their opinions. He could have shamed the news media for sharing information that compromised his agenda. He could have chosen not to believe in the American system or the American people, but Kennedy didn't. And you can hear in this speech that he is upset with the media. You can tell. But he knew his limits. He knew he didn't have the authority to stifle the free press. He couldn't sell censorship to free people. They would have his head. Kennedy knew he couldn't get away with that. The press wouldn't left him, let him. The America, American people wouldn't let them. So what did the left do? They captured the universities. And they started teaching the press new things our press has forgotten who they are a long time ago they forgot their job which is to inform the electric electorate in an effort to preserve our republic they don't inform they instruct they shape they suppress information but let me ask you this did we forget who we are now too the fact that kennedy spoke with so much attentiveness to our rights and freedoms was as much a reflection of the American people at the time as it was a respect for the institutions. He knew he needed the consent to govern. We let our politicians get away with everything. They bully our press, subdue debate. They partner with social media, crack down on information they don't like. They they are mocking us, saying it's not about freedom. It's not about freedom. Government has forgotten they need our consent. But is it Better or worse, that we forgot it too. More in a minute. Let me tell you about Car Shield. When you're sitting there in the front office of the mechanic shop reading the estimate for how much it's going to take to fix your car and trying all your tears with the money that you're about to give them, there are three words that are going to come to mind. 
Let's go, Brandon. You know what I'm saying? And you'd be right to think that. But there are three words that could probably fit even better. Should have gotten car shield. For a covered repair, car shield cannot be beaten. From the time your car breaks down till the time you get it back, car shield takes care of every step along the way. They offer free roadside assistance, a rental car while yours is being fixed, the mechanic of your choice. And the best part, they pay everything directly so you don't have to do anything. You just have to get your car covered today. Car shield, it's a win-win. They helped me and they will help you get back on track when you're in a pinch and your car isn't working. Get the coverage today. Carshield.com slash Beck. Save 10%. Carshield.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. We continue to tell you the truth the best as we know it. We still believe in informed populace. We believe that if we inform you, you will make the best decision for yourself and your community. But you need to do your own homework. Question everything that even I say. Look it up. Make that information yours because you searched for the truth. We're going to go to the truth of what's happening in our schools and a very positive update on what's happening with our school boards. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Bill Barr, uh, you know, I, I like to taste things a lot uh, and I like good tasting things. And sometimes it could be made of broken glass and I would be like, yeah, but it tastes really good. Is that a problem? Uh, here's something that I have found that is really good for you and tastes really good. Uh, and I don't know what to do with it. Other, I mean, it's a candy bar, but it's healthy. I mean, I shouldn't want to eat it because it's low calorie, low carb, <laughs> high in protein, high in fiber, but it tastes so damn good. Uh, the flavor comes first at Built. A Built Bar, brownie flavor, the mint brownie flavor, the salted caramel, the cookies and cream, nine amazing flavors. Check them all out and save 15% off your first order now by using the promo code BEC15 at Built.com. It's Built.com, promo code BEC15. Ezra Nomani, she is, I, I'm a big fan of her. She's the vice president for strategy and investigations at Parents Defending Education. She's also the editor of the Indoctrination Database and FOIA work. She is the co-founder of Coalition for TJ, a group of parents and community members in Virginia. She also is a former reporter for the Wall Street Journal, the co-director of the Pearl Project with Daniel Pearl, and co-founder of the Muslim Reform Movement. This woman is a little busy and has a ton of courage and I think a lot left over for others if you'd like to get some. She is with us in just about a minute to tell us the latest on the school board war, some good news, also the tracking of diversity and equity consultants. This 
we began to figure out once the feds got involved, wait a minute, wait a minute, why would they get involved? She'll fill us in and give us an update. Azra Nomani in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Rough Greens. Donna wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, my wiener dog, Odie, is 15 years old. And up until recently, she would not eat dog food at all. I know. I I had a a dachshund. And uh, they'll eat anything besides their food, usually. Only human food would do. That's the way my dog was, too. She said, since I got rough greens, she's done exactly what you say in the advertisement. She licks the bowl clean every time. Sometimes she even just stares at me. I know what she wants. Rough greens. Uh, The coat is softer now. It's actually a he. And he gained much needed weight. A 15-year-old dachshund that needed to gain weight? Never heard of that. Uh, He can can even go up and down stairs where he couldn't do that uh, before. Thank you so much. Rough Greens. Donna, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for trying uh, Rough Greens and my best to Odie. I love dachshunds. Uh, Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the dog's food and it contains vitamins, minerals, omega oils, and antioxidants. Make a difference in your dog's life. Check out Rough Greens for yourself today. Your dog will thank you. Rough Greens. Get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. And once you know your dog loves it, get a full pack and just watch the difference in your dog. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLENN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Azra Nomani is uh, with us. And hopefully, I think you have some good news for us, Azra. Oh yes! All I hope right. everyone's strapped in. Yeah, good, good. I'm I'm ready to hear some good news. What is what is happening on the school board front? Well, what's fantastic is that we have this mama bear revolution, just you know, coming up in school districts around the country, and we have made the school board association back down from their threat against our parents. Of course, they did. They issued a apology to their own members Friday night, one of those Friday night missives that they hope will get ignored, but mm-hmm. they don't realize we're all home because our kids are home, right? Mm-hmm. We're paying attention to everything. Um, you know, I don't think they got the memo or they forgot that little point about moms <laughs> having eyes in the back of our heads. Yes. Right, Glenn? Like, yes. Like you, you're an investigator, you're a researcher, but you don't even have anything on a mom, right? Oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> you really don't. You really yeah. don't. And once, so, you know, we've got these mama bears, and I, 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 I think we all grew up reading a little Nancy Drew, because we know how you got to follow the money. You have to find out the truth. Uh, we don't accept white lies, right? Mm-hmm. We don't accept this, this kind of nonsense. And um, so what we were able to do last week was, you know, earlier we established really clearly that the attorney general had a conflict of interest with his son-in-law running a company that profits off of school board decisions, uh, the company called Panorama Education. And then with this great work that our mom-in-chief at Parents Defending Education did, uh, she sent Freedom of Information Act requests to every single member of the National School Board Association's Board of Directors, Mm. and they are all school board officials. So they're 
as you know, their emails are open to public scrutiny. Correct. And so in those emails, we got evidence that um, the school board association interim director, Chip Slavin, acknowledged that he'd been in talks with the White House for, quote, several weeks. Um, before the, he issued the letter asking for intervention from the Justice Department. And voila, you've got this, you know, this, this completely cooked up campaign then against parents. So there's something new uh, as well. Um, there is a, a new member to the National Assess- Assessment Governing Board. Are you aware of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so she was the co-signer on this letter calling for help uh, from the White House. Um, and Ms. Garcia is her name, and she um, is the president of the National School Board Association. And so, conveniently, she was named by the education secretary, as we know, a political appointee in the Biden administration, to this much-coveted uh, role, you know, that, that now has oversight over school assessments and uh, does a report card every year. And, and again, bringing it back to the money, um, the, the industry that has emerged over the last several years, particularly of this thing called education technology, mm-hmm. hinges its work on assessments. And they cook the books many times. Like, it's very, um, very you know, dubious, some of their evidence-based. It's really not evidence-based. But it's, it, it's very um, important that we... Um, we look at, understand that these government appointments help private industry and, and in some cases, not-for-profits that are actually working for profit. Got another headline for you, Glenn, because I know you love breaking news. Yeah. Um, Chip Slavin, the, um, I was just up late last night investigating this, but Chip Slavin, the um, interim president for, um, for the National School Board Association, he is actually, has been an advisor to an education technology company, and um, the that company uh, has um, its founder is the chair of the commission that the, that Garcia was appointed. To. You've got to be kidding me! Yeah, I knew. I mean, you'd this get it. is just <laughs> so incestuous. Yeah, I knew you would understand. You, you, I, I can see your mind working, connecting the dots and understanding exactly what I just told you. So, um, yeah, it's incestuous. And it's everything. It's just traditional, like, gumshoe reporting that we have to do on this. And we have to remember always that school system that has your child walking through its doors is part of an industry. Like, we have to always put now incorporated you know, yes. behind every, like, it's Fairfax it, County Public Schools Incorporated. It really is, um, yeah. it's it's really disgusting that they hide behind these are public schools and we hate corporations. Because yeah. as, as we saw with Common Core, a lot of the goals uh, that are being set now by these corporations in the guise of helping students is just to make better workers for those corporations. Yeah, better workers, and then also build um, 
a market, right? Yes. They're building a market. So this is the rest of the story that I, I, don't, I definitely want to make sure that you um, we get time to talk about. So, so for the last four months, I've filed 200-plus FOIAs with the public um, school systems in America. And we created something that we've called the consultant report card. And the last time I was on, I promised your listeners that I'm going to give them a top 10 list of companies to look for in their mm-hmm. school district. Okay. So we've got it. Go to um, defendinged.org and look for the consultant report card. And one of the first um, blogs that we've got, their blog post is the list of the top 10. But but then beyond that, we've identified 200 plus companies and consultants that have raised over $20 million in contracts that we've documented. And and you know, Glenn, this is just tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, and the number one company is Panorama Education. Jeez. And so, yeah, and so right now we just dropped um, a, a piece in Real Clear Education that I want everyone to look at. Like, go to my Twitter thread and I'll, I'll, I'll tag you on it also. But everyone needs to know, like, this company, Panorama Education, as an example, they are using something called social and emotional learning to data mine your kids and psychologically profile them. And we have an example in our column today that I co-wrote with um, my colleague Erica Sanzi where you can see to nine students in Portland Public Schools in one particular school that one boy said that he was gay. Like, do I need to know that information? No. Does a company in Boston need to know that information? No. And guess what? They also are surveying the parents. So I know now, and you know now, all you got to do is Google Portland Public Schools and uh, Panorama Screener survey results, and you will know how many parents self-identify as questioning, as non-binary, as transgender, and then heterosexual since, you know, they count too. And this is all being done by the school district? Yes. So what is happening is the school district, this big enterprise, is outsourcing to these contractors like Panorama Education this work. And what we found in Fairfax County, Virginia, is that they are able to bypass all these privacy laws that are put in place to protect our young people by, you will not believe this, they put into the contract that Panorama Education officials are deemed school officials. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get access to mm-hmm. the information. Let me go back to the School Board Association, the National School yeah. Board Association. We have um, Pennsylvania, Missouri, and Ohio <laughs> now dropping out and saying we don't want anything to do with the National School Board Association uh, because of the, the letter. Now with the news, not only of the letter, but the collusion with the White House uh, and uh, and the money that is being made um, and the I think it was a a letter to protect that money uh, to the attorney general. Uh, Why aren't more uh, state school board associations pulling out of the National School Board Association. Yes, so they so these are the ones that have pulled out as you said, but our number now is at 21 states out of 50, right? That have 
distanced themselves and reprimanded the National School Board Association for their letter. So this is like classic. Why wouldn't why wouldn't yeah. they why wouldn't they pull out though? Why would they why are they just saying, "Hey, this is a bad." What do they get from the National School Board Association? Yeah, you know, Glenn, it's the same machine, right? That Washington trade groups um, pull on state uh, organizations, or, um, or as you know, like we do this in industry, we do it in public, uh, public office. Like this is our public roles. Like this is why the teachers union has such power, right? As a national, like they claim to represent the states, and these these are. I pulled the 990 on the National School Board Association. It's a multi-million dollar uh, nonprofit, quote unquote nonprofit, right? Um, and they, you know, they get they this they just tell these uh, these uh, local folks, as you know, oh, we're going to represent you in Washington. We're going to lobby for you. We're going to get, um, you know, they, you know what they do. Like they get yeah. their their the language and the appropriation language. They get money funneled to the states, whatever. You know, shenanigans they're trying to pull in D.C., they claim that they can do it better. I have to tell you, I, uh, if you are a uh, parent, you should go to your local school board and demand that they send the message to the state school board. You don't want anything to do with the National School Board Association. This is obviously corrupt. You now have two people uh, that you can point to directly. Uh, that are part of this incestuous, uh, I don't even a cabal uh, that is his silencing parents and uh, mining our children. You've got to get away from the National School Board Association. And no matter if they you really think that they're doing things, they must be taught a lesson. And that lesson will only be taught when they lose everything. They have yeah. to lose everything. Nikki, um, our president, put it really well yesterday when we were just chatting. And she said, you know, they need a house cleaning. And that house cleaning is only going to happen when yep. the states revolt, basically. Yes. And they say that we will not participate in this war that you have launched against Correct. the very people in our communities that we were elected to represent. I only have about a minute left. FDA advisors recommend Pfizer's vaccine now for uh, children ages 5 to 11. You know now that is coming to as a mandate to our kids. This is not going to help calm parents. Yeah, you know, Glenn, I have a 19-year-old and I just Thank the heavens that I don't have to take that decision that the, the, the parents of these young kids are having to navigate right now. Um, we have really failed our society in, on this public health message. We turning it into edicts and directives, and you know, much much on um, much like the this you know top down on mm-hmm. school boards, you know, and trying to silence us mm-hmm. as parents, um, and so. Just uh, what we encourage is please everyone, whatever position you have, advocate. You know, just you are the voices of your children, and whatever conclusion you come to from that place of reason and love that you have as a parent, please like overcome any fears that you have and look at, watch the videos of school board meetings. You know, yesterday we spent the night all watching Loudoun County, and it. And I, I don't want to drop that bomb in the last seconds of our conversation, but, but it's all indicative that, like, it just 
takes one parent, you yeah. know? Yeah. In every situation, one parent encourages contagious. Thank you so much, uh, Ezra. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins book. I want to read you something that uh, Paul in Pennsylvania wrote in recently. He and his wife said they felt like salmon swimming upstream when it comes to passing their values and beliefs onto their 11-year-old son. Everything is so crazy, and they are constantly trying to capture his mind and his heart against really everything the family believed in. So Paul's been reading his son the Tuttle Twins books that I've been talking to you about. This is what he wrote that I thought was really important. It's, it's a blessing to have our values reflected by another voice. That is true, so true, and your voice, you are not alone. You are in the majority. There is strength in numbers and more strength in education, especially if you can make it fun and interesting, and the Tuttle Twins books do both. Tuttle Twins, they are an absolute household staple. You need them in your home. We can't lose this generation, and you have to plant these things deep in them. And Tuttle Twins is the best way to do it. They explain really complex things and make it easy and fun. 35% discount on their books, plus they're giving away the activity workbooks at no additional cost. It's a big discount off the normal price. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get the discount. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com to keep your kids sane in a crazy socialist world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So there is a another story. Um, you know, the F- FDA is saying that Pfizer's COVID-19 uh, clinical trial went well, blah, blah, blah. But there were only, I think, like 1,500 kids. I thought it was 2,000 and something it? like that. 2,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a problem with one of the 12-year-olds, uh, Maddie. She got a clinical trial for COVID-19. The parents thought they were doing a right thing. Maddie, previously healthy, energetic, full of life, within 24 hours of her second dose, was reduced to crippling, screaming-induced pain that landed her in the emergency room where she described feeling like someone was ripping her heart out through her neck. Mm. This according to her parents. Over the next several months, the nightmare continued, during which Maddie was hospitalized several times and suffered numerous systematic injuries or systemic injuries uh, requiring a tube through her nose that carries her food and medicine and a wheelchair. They document the parents documented all of this. The uh, principal investigator for Pfizer at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, uh, where the vaccine clinical trial was occurring and Maddie was treated and admitted. They first tried to treat Maddie as a mental patient, saying that this was all in her head. Then they claimed that whatever it was was unrelated to the vaccine. Uh, When that argument failed, Pfizer listed this traumatic adverse event uh, as functional abdominal pain when reporting it to the FDA. There are... uh, there, there was a, a real effort to cover this up by the FDA. I'm not saying that the FDA is evil and there's no reason to get this and it's a dangerous drug. I'm just saying we have to be careful 
It is our children we're talking about. Not us and not those of us who are older and are most likely to die from COVID. It's our children. Be careful and do all of your research. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. We're the only ones doing this in the world, too, Stu. Let me tell you uh, about American Financing. Ten minutes can really change your life for the better, and nobody knows this more than somebody who gives American Financing a call. For the past 20 years, they've been helping people just like you get their financial houses in order. I don't need to tell you that of all the times to save money, now is one of the most important. The economy is in a tailspin. And uh, I don't know if you've been looking out the window lately, but the ground's getting really close. People who use American financing frequently find themselves saving hundreds of dollars a month, sometimes as much as a thousand. They're a family-owned business with salary-based financial consultants whose goal is to help you reach your financial dreams. Maybe it's a refi of your mortgage at a low interest rate or consolidation loan. American financing is there for you, not the bank. Your future is at stake. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Don't forget BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. It's Glenn TV right after a brand new Stu Does America. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome. Tonight at 9 p.m., it is... uh, a very important uh, episode of our Wednesday night special. It is President Biden's radical climate agenda. Uh, what's already in place? What's right around the corner? Nothing else rivals the climate agenda within the Biden administration. This is their main priority. Um, it is it is going to cripple us. Honestly, it is why we are having uh, high prices with gas right now. That's their climate agenda. They canceled the Keystone Pipeline because they don't want to have, uh, you know, uh, us using fossil fuels and oil and coal. And so what are they doing? They canceled and fired everybody on the, the pipeline, shut that thing down, and our prices started to go up. We, we, we're no longer energy independent. That's why the White House is having to beg OPEC to open up and sell us more uh, oil because they want them to do it, not us. And in doing so, putting the climate at risk by shipping it overseas. This is not going to get better because they are causing it intentionally. Do you remember when Barack Obama said, you know, $5 a gallon gasoline would be a good thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they want gas prices to be through the roof. That way, they can get you to buy an electric car. The problem with electric cars is if you're getting your energy through fossil fuels, a.k.a. coal, you're you're doing more damage to the planet than you are having a gasoline engine, uh, you know, powered car. And if it's not coal, it's likely going to be natural gas, which is also a fossil fuel. Right. As some people might know. And they are they are cutting down on natural gas as well. They want to make sure that we stop with natural gas. That is one of the reasons why your fuel, 
for your home to keep it warm. It's already snowing in some parts of the country, so you're already starting to see this. Um, your energy price to keep your heat going this uh, winter is going to be anywhere from 50 to 80% higher than it was last year. Mm. So it doesn't, I mean, look, this is, this is the climate agenda. It is the new normal that they talk about. You're not going back unless these things are stopped. I want to show you what they're doing tonight, what they're planning, and how going green is the biggest scam in American history. Tonight, build back better bankrupt how Biden's uh, climate <laughs> agenda is going to financially ruin you. I want more alliteration in this title. Do you? More. Good. I got it. I got it. I, I could do it. I want it to be like seven B words yeah. in a row. Uh-huh. Uh, tonight, I've got a B word for you. <laughs> tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com and Blaze TV YouTube. By the way, did you see the uh, New York Times? Uh, I think it was the Daily Podcast where they're like, how did one senator blow up Joe, uh, Joe Biden's climate plan? Well, he worked with 50 other senators. That's how he did it. He agreed with 50 other ones. So right. there's 51. That's yeah, how he did I it. I know. And it's, did this you is see, not, a, did, not a mystery. I know. And they came out and I think it was Bernie Sanders who said, one senator, right. this is not, no, this is not right. One not. senator is not going to go against the 49, 49 to one. That's not right. No, no. it was 51. 52, 50, really? 52. Yeah. To, to 48. 48. That's what it was. Yes. And by the way, you need 60 in any normal, normal circumstance. It's crazy. But you're already bending the rules to get to 50, and you can't even get that because your plan is insane. So can, can I ask you, is there a bigger hero than Inez Cantor right now? Is there a... Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy, I don't know if you've NBA been following while you've yeah. been gone, mm -hmm. but he doubled down again yesterday. He's been going after China and Nike. And by the way... This is truly very brave. Very brave. I'm so sick of hearing, oh, it's so brave. They came out for the Biden administration. and uh, Wow, the bravery. Uh, the bravery. And they came against white people. Wow, so brave. So brave. No, it's not. Yeah. Like, oh, Kyrie Irving was the bravest guy in the planet when he was basically recommending that the NBA shut down over the George Floyd pro protests. Yeah, very But brave. now that he doesn't want to get his vaccine, he's not brave at all. He's not brave for avoiding $35 million of salary that he could have because he doesn't want to get the vaccine. That's not brave. That's just silly. It was brave when he didn't want to play because of George Floyd. Well, I will tell you this. It is the white man that is pushing the vaccine. The very old white man in Washington. Mm. And he's going to lose $34 million. It's <laughs> true. Maybe it's keeping, a racist yeah, thing. Yeah, it is a racist thing. Of course it is. Uh, so anyway, uh, yesterday he comes out and says, Dear Nike, stop modern day slavery now. Then... He challenged Nike founder Philip Knight, LeBron James, uh, uh, and Michael Jordan's brand to visit these slave labor camps, and you'll see it with your own eyes. He tweeted a pair of shoes covered in fake blood with the words slave labor and hypocrite Nike. Uh, I, I love this. Then he tweets to the uh, owner of Nike, Phil Knight, uh, how about I book, a, uh, book plane tickets for us? Let's fly to China together. We can try to visit these slave labor camps. You'll see it with your own eyes. Uh, everyone's welcome to come. See, the problem, the problem <laughs> is uh, you might fly together, but 
Only he you're comes not, back. You're yeah. not coming back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't want to visit China right yeah, now. Yeah, you you would be the last person that I would go to China with. Uh, it would not work out well for you. It's about time somebody called out LeBron James too on this. I'm excited to see that. Uh, he's been doing that as well, and it's like, oh, he deserves every little bit of it. You know, I mean, I, I think this is turning. I really do. I think the tide is turning. It's still early, um, and we got a lot of work to do. But people are starting to wake up. Uh, and, uh, it's, I think it's turning. I, I, you know, I, I don't know that it, you know, it's interesting. I think there is a group of people in our society, which I don't know what the percentage is. You said, what was it? Eight to 10% of yeah, the, the far crazy. left. Yeah, the crazy like, left. It's, I think it's a small percentage of people who believe this nonsense, who want, and what was the, what, what did the professor say the other day that, um, scientific rigor was just an, uh, uh, uh uh, an artifact of the white run yeah. society. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, no one actually believes that, right? I mean, there may be five people in academia who think that only white people actually are smart enough to participate in scientific rigor. No, wait, but, wait like, hang on. That's a, a racist standpoint. It's that a I, very racist standpoint. All of this, I think, is very racist. That, yeah, that's what I mean. I think, like, there, you know, when it comes to the CRT stuff, when it comes to uh, the gender craziness, when it comes to you know acting like we should ban play uh, and punish teams for criticizing Chinese China. slave death labor camps, camps. Yeah. I mean, like that ninety nine percent ninety five percent I don't know what it is it's something like that of Amer- the American people inherently know that that's terrible and you made the point earlier of of when people see the side by side they start to 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 choose correctly mm-hmm. when one side is let's punish dad for complaining at a um a, a school board meeting because his daughter was raped by someone in a skirt in the girl's uh restroom i mean that is just like it's this stuff is so far and you hate to see the need for examples like this, but when people see these examples, they can't help but choose correctly, I think. Well, so what's going to happen with McCullough? Because, um, you know, he not only is tied right directly into all of the stuff of the school board, mm-hmm. he's tied now into the statement that I don't think Virginians took very well with uh, Barack Obama over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, that this is, you know, rape is just hype. It's nonsensical to talk about that, really? Yeah, Barack, that's, that's, that's a fake culture war battle, uh, or is it really? Huh, hmm, that, sounds I, pretty serious to so me. So I don't but, think that's going to go well for no. him. This, so, but this thing is so close. It's close because this is a blue state. Virginia is not even a purple state. People keep calling it a purple state. Occasionally, Republicans get close in these races, but it's been a while here. And, you know, this is a plus 10 Biden state. And if you view it through that prism, you should see McAuliffe, who's already been governor of the state, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. Uh, should win this by 10 or 12, right? Maybe eight. But every poll is showing that this is basically a toss up at this point. Now, is at the end of the day, you're in a state that is blue. Just like we were in a state in California that is blue. And while it looked like Elder had a chance there maybe a few weeks before the election and it was kind of close, there was never a, I don't think a, it never got over 20% on predicted to win that race. I don't understand. Here, this is a, I think this is a, this is a closer one. If McAuliffe wins this race by two, this is a terrifying outcome for Democrats. And, and I, I think one of the things you talk about trying to stop this multi-trillion dollar spending bill 
There's a lot of ways you can try to do it. You can call your congressman. Eh, sure, that's a great idea. There's a lot of things you can do. But if there's any way you can participate in helping make Terry McAuliffe a loser in this race, you want to stop that bill, you will terrify Democrats if McAuliffe loses that race. Well, they didn't. it didn't last time. I mean, the last time when we had the Tea Party movement, that didn't really terrify the Democrats. I mean, you had the biggest wave election you've ever seen. Now, they had they had already pushed through their big proposals mm-hmm. there at that time. And that was part of the reason it was the biggest wave election we'd ever seen. But you had all those local elections the year before, just like this, mm-hmm. that went away from the Democrats and the Democrats didn't flinch. They did push that one through. Yeah, and, and look, they they, I think they will try. So there still will be a lot of them. They also had 60 senators for that race. They didn't need. This is like they have no margin for error here and already you have multiple senators who don't want to go along with this i mean i think both cinema and mansion realize they're they're putting themselves in danger if they if they go ahead with, the, with this before if this this, election this bill there. cannot pass it can't pass because so many things that are required uh for you know the great reset are in this bill and it, it just can't pass just cannot pass. And if you if you want to hear, I mentioned the daily. If you want to hear how desperate they want this, listen to the coverage from the New York Times about this bill. This is the greatest thing of all time. In fact, the only thing that might make it bad is that they've cut it. It was supposed to be six trillion dollars, and the fact that they cut it to one point five might be the problem. And I haven't actually cut it to one point five yet, but it's something between one point five and two looks like the out the last number, which means. Nothing, because all of these, all they've done is do accounting tricks yeah. to get this to be one point seven five trillion dollars. Yeah. So the number and is once really you start it, You're not stopping it, right? Once you start it, it's done. Uh, and this is as important as the health care bill was, as far as structural tr- change. And uh, this one is, I think, more important uh, because it has a lot of financial uh, tricks in it, uh, as far as the banks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you're not going back from this. And it's it's shocking to me how little people know about this bill. Everybody's only talking about the number, the number. And if that's if if they are even aware of that right. that much. And that is the least important part of this bill. That's the least important part. Um, it's important. No, it is important because <laughs> no, it, it is important. I mean, real inflation. Cost. Inflation is I mean, we're already seeing people no. revising their their uh jack dorsey came out and said hyperinflation now i personally think twitter should ban jack dorsey for saying that because <laughs> that's of course misinformation misinformation yeah. financial misinformation well but. jack for all of the problems with his service is a big cryptocurrency guy big bitcoin guy uh and he believes in the the risks of inflation again he's a he's a quirky character like a lot of these tech guys are Mm -hmm. elon musk is the same thing i mean elon musk is completely insane when it comes to the climate he's building spaceships to escape the planet not just for climate also for ai yes multiple reasons but again like he's a these guys are not uniformly good or bad typically and jack is very good on that he understands that uh, you wonder why he can't understand some of the other things that are blatantly obvious Because going he can on. have power and he mm. can bend it to his will in Washington. Let me tell you about our sponsor. It's LifeLock. How careful are you with your online activity? How careful, really? Do you only use 
trusted websites? Do you, you know, have your computer and all your devices protected against cyber threats? Because they come from all directions. Cyber criminals have only gotten smarter and more numerous as time has gone by. And it is vital that you and your family be as safe as possible. That's why I recommend LifeLock. Understand how cybercrime and identity theft actually affect your lives. Every day we put our information at risk online. LifeLock will help detect a wide range of identity threats. Not everything. Nobody can find everything. And they'll send you an alert. If they see something, they'll ask questions. And you'll have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. That's a lot better than the, the old days where you were pretty much on your own. Right now, save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 20, 25%. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I, I just don't see, even if the uh, Democrats in Virginia lose all five House seats um, that are really up for grabs, um, if, they, if they lose those, the Democrats in, in Washington, D.C. are not going to change their plan. They're going to keep going for it. And and, and and I think you have to look at what has happened with the the support of their agenda. They they just won the presidency, you know, and and yet they lost record numbers. I mean, that followed uh, was following what the biggest loss in when was it two thousand ten? You're talking about ten? That was the biggest loss in about a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, since 1938, and then. This loss where they have no coattails on Joe Biden. No. Now Joe Biden is totally different cratering, Remember, just cratering. I mean, Obama came in with a with a real mandate. If you want to argue that yes. mandates exist, he had 60 senators. He won by a lot. It was not a close election like it, like it was in 2020 with Biden. He had a major, major, you know, destruction of McCain, plus, you know, 60 senators. Yeah. Now, remember, he even with 60 senators, he barely got Obama through. He needed to hold on after Scott Brown won yeah. that special election. Um, they had to force it through in the dark of night, basically, to get that thing done then. And now, now they have lost 10, and they, they have to have everyone on board. Everyone on board. And they're having a hard time doing that. I mean, there is a mood of the country, and they are ignoring it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Man, we'd be so much better off if we were more like Europe, wouldn't we, Stu? They have... That's a great point. They've got it down. Now... You don't see the millions in the street that are opposing the government or marching against this or that. You don't ever see that. It's just peace and harmony in uh, in Europe and and an acceptance and tolerance. It's know? a beautiful place to go to go for a stroll. Yeah, right. With right. A, you know a few million of your closest friends. Right. You know, it's, it's and great. Bring a sign. Yeah, and it's and it's a great place. You know, if you're you know, let's say uh, a parliament member, you know, just go for it. And if you're looking for a steak, maybe somebody will have a knife. Mm. They can uh, they can lend you put it right there in your chest. So, you know, right where it is. I mean, it's 
it's those kinds of things that make Europe so very special. Euro trash. We're looking for the answers in the wrong place. And are we starting to be more European than the Europeans? Answers in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So when you're driving down the road, you know, sometimes I think to myself, man, I wish that check engine light would come on, you know, it's been so long. And uh, I've had the car for a while. Oh, my, my gosh. Wait a minute. My warranty is out. And I really wish that check in. Oh, it just came on. Isn't that great? That's usually when it happens when, uh, you know, you don't have a warranty. And when you just don't have the money. I love this. When you just don't have the money to fix your car. I don't care how rich you are. You never have money to fix your car. You're always planning on your car working. And I've, n- I've never had my car break down and go, oh, my gosh, what a perfect time for my car to break down. However, uh, we can make it easier on you if you have CarShield. CarShield will help you get back on track when your car goes down. When your car is in the shop, you get a rental car. By the way, uh, I don't know if you've been reading the news, but your car may be in the shop for a while because auto parts are hard to find now. You can customize a plan with CarShield. It'll save you time, money, hassle. You're going to love CarShield, especially when that little light goes on. Visit carshield.com slash back and save 10% right now. Carshield.com slash back. Deductible may apply. David Harsani, senior writer of uh, National Review, author of Euro Trash, why America must reject the failed ideas of a dying continent. Uh, you can find David's work at nationalreview.com and his new book, Wherever Books Are Sold. Hello, David. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. You bet. It's always good to talk to you. Um, so uh, tell me about the uh, the Euro trash, because as I'm as I'm looking at Europe, I have seen Europeans say, oh, my gosh, America has gone crazy uh, and we're becoming so much like Europe. We are passing Europe in some ways, are we not? I think that's fair to say in some ways. I mean, when you look at this $3.5 trillion bill, it's a welfare state, cradle to grave, sort of European-style expansion of the state. But it's even worse because in Europe, at least they pay for that stuff. And, you know, in, in Denmark... In Denmark, a uh, person making, making 60K will pay like 65% of his salary in taxes. But can you imagine an American doing that? And Bernie doesn't want us to. He just wants to either print more money or, or tax no, no, the, people. As they hang on, David, 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 I've heard from the president. No joke. It's the truth, man. It's all paid for. It's not going to cost a dime. <laughs> Zero dollars. Zero dollars. Great. It's the same guy who told us that spending more money will help with him bring down inflation. So. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if he has his economics uh, <laughs> <laughs> or anything else, frankly. Uh, so um, why doesn't the socialist system that works in Sweden work here? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, scale, you're talking about I think Sweden has nine million people and it's the largest Nordic nation. You can't scale that kind of system. It would mean having a massive bureaucracy. But the other question is, why would I want it anyway? It's not as if they do anything better than we do. Certainly, they're not better at assimilating new people. They're not better at health care. They're not better at any of the things um, 
that, that we can quantify, and they're certainly not better at things we can't, like risk-taking and entrepreneurship. So I don't know why we'd want it, A, and B, I don't think that we could do it even if we wanted to. So, David, are we, uh, I mean, we are now talking about, um, what is it, unrealized gains in the stock market. For people like Elon Musk, who is, like him or not, he is changing the way things are happening in the world. Um, and he sees over the horizon, he sees a different, uh, a different future. And now we're talking about giving him uh, an extra tax on unrealized capital gains. That, that's, that's insane. That's a perfect example of, of a European mindset where when you, when you think about innovation and technology, the top 30 technological company, tech companies in the world, one is European. Spotify and the rest are not. Most of them are American. Why do Europeans come here to start their companies? Tons of our biggest companies are, are started by immigrants or, or, or children of immigrants here. It's because of things like this. Taxing people's unrealized profits would um, undermine the risk-taking venture and undermines investment. And it's exactly the sorts of things they do in Europe. I mean, every country is a little different, but that's, that's the mindset over there, and we're bringing it over here. But, they're not, but they don't tax unrealized gains do they i mean i i've never heard of that before how does that system even work you go your stock goes up they you pay income tax on it then your stock goes down do they give that money back what i mean how does that work no because these are these are parlor these are tricks to try to tax rich people where is in europe they just do it you know right. we're honest about it right um so yeah until they start driving the people that. out so have you right. ever have you ever seen a president uh, or really, really anyone do what Biden did when he went over to Europe and tried to get the Europeans to agree on a baseline corporate tax so no one would be stealing corporations from from each other. You'd trap them never. in the countries. Never, never. I just don't even understand. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about one world government. And sometimes it's down a little bit nutty, but I have to say. When you have uh, the United States trying to create a worldwide tax system um, to, to, to stop competition, which is what that does, I, I just can't think of any American president that's done that. That would have been something that would lose you the election immediately. I mean, I, I just think I, I just I can't, there's nothing I can even compare it to. I think one of the worst things that we have seen um and, and Afghanistan didn't help us on any front. I mean, we have now lost the the moral center of the United States. I mean, and a lot of people had been convinced that, you know, America wasn't moral. And, and in many ways, we haven't been for quite some time. Uh, but we at least would go into Afghanistan and we would uh, help our allies. We would help women and children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we don't have that moral high ground anymore for our military. I don't think we're trusted anymore. And the other thing that is horrible is people used to view this country as a land of opportunity. Now they view us as a, a racist state. Yeah, they do. But still, people stream to our borders to come in because it's just not true. And, you know, by any, again, quantifiable measure, and I go into this, pretty deeply in the book, we are far less racist and more tolerant than any place. In my neighborhood, for instance, 
I live among people who would be killing themselves in many other situations and live peacefully here, send their kids to the same schools, et cetera. Um, but it is true that people think of, of us that way um, wrongly. Show and me. I believe that. Yeah. Show me how they're more. Uh, we're more tolerant than Europe, because that's not what you hear ever. Well, let's talk about immigration then. You know, I'm legal immigration, not not uh, illegal immigration. But think about assimilation. In Europe, there are places in outside of Paris, outside of Berlin, and elsewhere where there are basically ghettos, generational ghettos of high unemployment. I don't mean you know ten percent. I mean thirty five, forty percent. Jeez. Um, that where people don't speak the language of the country, where they don't accept the customs and the ideals of the country. Uh, you know, people say diversity is our strength here. That's just a trope. I mean, what our strength here is that we have a diverse types of people who accept the same foundational ideas about living together or they used to. Um, in Europe, you don't have any of that. These countries can't assimilate any group in a healthy way. And we do it all the time when, when we do it right. Um, Why is that? Just, Why is that? I think we were built for it, frankly. I mean, some of this is just structural problems. You have Hungary. Hungary has an ethnicity it has a culture it goes back a long time there are they have grudges that go back a thousand years it's not as easy for them to accept other people it is for us but you know i'll give you one quick uh poll number in france 27 percent of people say they wouldn't want to live next to someone who wasn't like them race religion whatever in america that number is one percent now maybe wow. some people are lying but at least they know that that's the right thing to say that's the credo that's the way we live here and Europe just isn't that way. And people go to like the tourist spots and they think that's Europe. But that's not Europe. Mm. Talk to David Arsani of National Review. Uh, David, one of the things I think is fascinating, and it's totally against the narrative that we hear from the media, is we need to be more enlightened like, uh, like Europe is. And one of the big issues they talk about is abortion. Like, we, why don't we have women's rights like they do in Europe? Why don't we have abortion that anyone can get at any time? That's what Europe is like. They're ahead of us, and they understand real women's rights. Is that actually accurate? No. Europe, one of the better things they do better than us, actually, is have stricter abortion laws. But, you know, it's complicated because I don't think there really is a pro-life movement in Europe. So they've sort of settled on a more moderate stance organically. There are very few religious people in Europe, and that's a big problem. Um, so there isn't that movement, but they are. There are a few things they do better. They have less homicides, um, you know, in, in urban areas and things like that because of our gun culture, which obviously I approve of in, in some ways. The murder part, but <laughs> the gun ownership <laughs> part, uh, and abortion and social policy. Um, but some of their social policies, I mean, they do not value life in the same way we do they do not try to save so why so babies in the way we do. so why do they why are their laws more restrictive than uh than ours is it just from experience the genocide that has happened in europe over and over again i think i wouldn't say their their laws are stricter than ours in many places not in in some places but let's say new york but they're not you know, they're still very liberal. They would be considered liberal by any stretch for us, I think. So I just think it's because there's they they moderate. I think the pro-life movement drives the progressive left to more extreme and extreme places. Just uh. this pushback. Now, you know, it used to be uh, what was it safe and legal um, and or rare, safe and legal. And yeah. now it's, you know, celebrated. So I think that that's just because of our political culture in some ways, I hope. 
is europe uh as divided as we are i mean i i see things like the, i think it was in uh gosh where was it is switzerland i can't remember um but just this weekend they had massive protests out on the streets about vaccines and everything else um and you're seeing these protests are they as divided as we are and we're just not seeing it I'm actually surprised by those those protests in some sense, because in general, I think Europeans are quite docile and pliant people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I say that in the way that I think that their risk takers came here or left or go elsewhere. So I'll give you a quick example. In Finland, like 91 percent of people are like doing and it doesn't matter. Wait, 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 wait. What what was that stat? What was that stat you broke up? 91 percent of Finnish people are you know have a have a have a positive view of their government hmm. so you can't have that here because we are diverse and we live in different sorts of places and we do different sorts of things and we have different cultural backgrounds but in scandinavia people are are more more pliant yeah. they like their government they don't debate in the way that we do and they don't have the sorts of uh, um lines of you know ideological lines that they, draw. they also don't have the diversity we have we are the most diverse country in the world no one else is in human like history us. yeah in human history and the scale in which we do it is immense and i think the european union was formed and based on the idea of federalism in the united states but of course they've lost that just centralized top-down yes. control now that's what that's what progressives want here right but it, it won't work it can't work when you have a truly diverse nation David, there's this thing that Bernie Sanders and, and the left has done forever, which is like, oh, why don't we just have the health care of Sweden or Denmark or Finland um, and apply it that way? And I think a little bit of that actually creeped into the right when it came to the COVID stuff, which was basically they just said, well, why don't we just do all the things that Sweden is doing? Um, I mean, is there anything <laughs> we can learn from these countries that seemingly have some things that they do correctly that we could bring here? Yeah, I think we could have learned from Sweden that we shouldn't shut down our economy because of the pandemic. That would have been a, a smart thing. And again, um, I wrote, started writing this book before COVID. The COVID thing actually scared, scared me quite a bit in the way that we had politicians and bureaucracies, especially bureaucracies, mm-hmm. just unilaterally running the country. The bureaucracies run the country. And in Europe, bureaucracies are huge and multi-layered in ways that we can't even imagine. And, uh, you know, listen, the bureauc- Donald Trump was elected. The bureaucracy decided they didn't want him to be president. And, you know, and they undermined him every every step of the way. The CDC decides it's going to run the country um, during COVID. These are scary things. because It's not a democratic process, but it's not certainly not a liberal in the good sense process. David, you said uh, you mentioned that Europeans are compliant. What are were you surprised at the COVID reaction of the people in the United States and how much of this people kind of just went along with? Yeah, I think it was scary. It was it was really scary that uh, that a governor in Virginia could shut down the churches and people would be like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I just don't even I don't understand how that can happen here. And you know, how how are we fe- how are you feeling today? Are you more optimistic than you were a year ago? Yeah, I feel better. Um, there was that story. I was just a microcosm of this. Was that Ruth Marcus, the Washington Post, was in an elevator in Texas, and she told this guy, you know, I think you should be wearing a mask. 
you know, and the guy said, I don't really care what you think. I think that's like the American credo, right? I don't really care what you think. And that's how we should function. I mean, it sounds selfish, but it's not. It's we, not. That's another thing, you know, Europeans think we're selfish, but we give around, and you know this, of course, yes. seven times as much per, per capita as Europeans. Yeah. David Hartsani, thank you so much. Senior writer at National Review. His new book is called Euro Trash, Why America Has to Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. That in of itself is uh, sad and frightening that Europe is dying, but it is. It's true. Back in just a minute. Jetty Cell is the best in skincare. They sold over one million products to women and men, just like you all across the country. Uh, fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, and even those annoying bags and puffiness that you want to just get out of your life, you can do that with GenuCell. You haven't taken the time to check out GenuCell. You need to do it today. You're going to love the way you look and the way that it makes you feel. Uh, both my wife and my mom have used GenuCell products. They swear by them. Uh, and best of all, your results are guaranteed in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Uh, you could take my word for it or you could see the difference for yourself. Right now, the most popular packages at GenuCell.com are 50% off. Plus, right now, you can get a surprise luxury gift for free at checkout, go to GenuCell.com and enter Beck30 at checkout for an extra 30 bucks off. Order today and your order will be upgraded to free priority shipping as well. It's a great gift. It's the best thing you can do for your skin. Go to GenuCell.com and enter the, uh, the code Beck30, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. The code is Beck30, 10 seconds, station ID. I want to uh, play a couple of uh, a couple of sound bites from yesterday. Here is uh, Jen Psaki on Joe Biden and gas prices. Listen to this. Cut five. Would there be a price that gas would have to get that the president would say, okay, now's the time to tap the strategic petroleum reserve? Well, the president reserves a range of options, um, and he is certainly quite mindful of the impact of any increased cost on the American public. There are a range of factors here, which we could delve into, but but mm -hmm. I will say that um, on gas prices, one of the one of the issues that, that Jake referenced, and obviously as we have more details on what this may look like, we'll ha share it with all of you, is being able to rise raise uh, our concern and the president's concern about uh, supply issues as it relates to oil. Uh, and that's something that certainly he can do on the international stage. And uh, there's a power of the president of the United States engaging on that front. Why? We've raised he, that issue has been raised at Jake's level uh, at a range of levels throughout government. But certainly the supply uh, and uh, and uh, OPEC and putting additional pressure on OPEC is something that. Okay, stop. Uh, why are we why are we having to have pressure on OPEC and why do we care what OPEC does when we have the oil? ourselves we could be energy independent again we were just a few months ago here's a cut for a laid off keystone worker on gas prices. Okay, so um, the high cost of oil and gas, the rising prices there appear to have taken the Biden administration by surprise. Are you surprised by this? Uh, no, ma'am, I'm not surprised at all because everything that Biden's touched or done, it's a failure. It ain't nothing but a total failure. We went from America first to America last. And our America last, America was, Trump had it going on. The thing about it is we got all these high prices of oil and gas. Whenever we got drilling rigs stacked, we've got rouse about crews ready to go. We've got pipeline contractors with all of their equipment is stacked. 
in the yards. And I can tell you right now, we can put America to work next week if we needed to. But they're not going to. Why? Well, you'll find out on tonight's Wednesday night special, only on Blaze TV. And we'll delve into that with, uh, with an expert on climate change next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. John lives in Kansas, and a few years ago, a back injury made it so he, you know, he was living every single day with pain. He tried all kinds of things to make it go away or at least dull it down, but nothing worked. And anything that did work made him foggy, and he didn't want to live that way. Thank goodness John listens to the radio. Even more fortunately, he has good taste in radio shows. He uh, heard a certain velvet-voiced radio guy who's in the Hall of Fame talk about Relief Factor. (laughs) Of course, John was skeptical, but he knew he could trust this man somehow or another. He decided to give it a try. He ordered the three-week quick start, and the radio man turned out to be exactly right. John felt better than he had not only in years, but he felt better than he had before his injury. That's what he said. He got his life back, and so could you. It's Relief Factor. 70% people try it, go on to order more because it works. Try it for 1995, the three-week quick start, and see if it works for you. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's ReliefFactor.com. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Back-to-back tonight, it's Glenn TV. And Stu does America. Hey, good news. The world is going to Glasgow this weekend. And and our president is going with the biggest gifts he can find. Uh, And he's going to lead the way on global climate change. And and, uh, we're going to show China just the way they should be. Just the way they should behave. Bjorn Lomborg is uh, with us. He is the author of False Alarm. Uh, I believe, aren't you, uh, uh, aren't you in Norway right now? <laughs> yes, Glenn. Hi, how are you doing? Good to, good, to, good to talk to you. I can't imagine what this Likewise. is costing us now. I mean, what is our carbon footprint on the <laughs> phone call alone? Um, thank you so much for being, being on with us. Um, tell me what you what you know about what's happening in Glasgow uh, and what Biden is bringing. Uh, I mean, it is, it is, I think going to bankrupt not only the United States, but the entire West. Yes. So, I mean, what um, uh, the Glasgow meeting is actually called cop 26. And the trick is in some way in the name, we've had 25 previous meetings like this. And every time we've gone to them, we've tried to promise lots of stuff and then ended up not doing most of it because it's phenomenally costly. And so what will likely happen in Glasgow is that all the state leaders will go there, Biden included, they'll promise lots of stuff, but they actually won't deliver on much of it. And the reason is exactly as you say, because doing so is phenomenally successful. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Nature magazine, one of the most reputed magazines in the world, actually just estimated what's the cost of Biden's net zero policy by 2050. Uh, Their model couldn't quite model to get to zero, but it got to 5%, so very close to zero. 
They found that it would cost each and every American each year by 2050 $11,300. Oh, my gosh. Uh, not surprisingly, most, most people are not willing to pay that kind of money. But, but we have a president now and an administration that I don't think they believe in global warming. The ESG stuff, it's all scams. Um, but they are looking to transform uh, our economy and beat America down in size uh, and success. And, and, you know, it's like the gas thing. The, the gas prices are not going down. They're going up by design. They don't want us to be on fossil fuel fuels. Yes, yeah, so there's definitely that. Uh, so if you want to tackle global warming, you need to make fossil fuels more expensive. Now, the theory is, and, and I think a lot in the administration buys into that, that you will actually get phenomenally cheap uh, solar and wind prices. But the problem, as we're now seeing in Europe and elsewhere, is what do you do when the wind is not blowing? What do you do when the sun is not shining? It turns out that you're screwed, that you actually need to pay a lot of money to get coal-fired power plants to ramp up again. And that's why this is not the cheap green energy scenario that I think a lot of the Biden administration was hoping for, but more likely the one where you end up paying $11,300 per person per year. Bjorn, when, when um, Nancy Pelosi was over in England uh, about a month or so ago, she said, we know, I mean, this is a quote, we know that China is increasing uh, their persecution of the Uyghurs in concentration camps. But we need to work with them on global warming. We, our priorities have to be global warming. I don't think there's a chance in hell that a country that is putting a new coal fire plant online uh, every week is going to get away from coal, uh, uh, coal energy um, and dirty uh, energy if they can make it cheap. Um, are, do you think Nancy Pelosi and others, A, actually believe that this is more important than concentration camps, uh, and B, um, do, they, do they actually believe China is going to follow us? Hmm. I, I, it's hard to uh, you know, peer into her mind, uh, but my sense is that a lot of people are genuinely terrified of global warming. So you know. You ask a lot of people, and it turns out that almost half of everyone believes global warming is going to lead to the extinction of mankind. And it's important to be very clear that's simply not what the UN Climate Panel tells us. Global warming is a problem, yes. It's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, to take one example, uh, the UN estimates that if we do nothing against global warming, the negative impact will be equivalent to cutting 2.6% of our GDP by the end of the century. Remember, by then, we'll be 450% as rich as we are today. So we're really talking about, instead of being 450% as rich, we'll only be 434% as rich. That's not a catastrophe. So it's important to get this in context. But I think it's, it's admirable in some sense that, that, uh, that Ms. Pelosi is so honest about this, that if you're so worried about uh, climate change, that you're willing to let the workers and other problems sort of just pass by, you really need to understand this is a problem. It's not the end of the world. And with China, you're absolutely right. Of course, China is the 
dialing in most of the developing world because they've managed to do what most other developing world countries still haven't done. They've actually gotten rich, mostly off of coal. And uh, they have started to uh, move some of their coal imports from Australia. It, it seems to me that China knows exactly what they're doing, and they are helping uh, cripple the West by playing their game. They're, okay, you want to be uh, emissions uh, zero? Great. We won't buy coal from you anymore. We'll just we'll buy it from this country you know, uh, over here that is, yeah. that thinks like we do. Oh, it's, it's definitely very easy to play the West when we're saying it's so important with global warming that we really don't care about anything else. And remember, China, very smartly so, have basically said, we'll do the same thing as you, or we'll promise to do the same thing as you, but slightly later. So, you know, when we actually fail, when the bills start accumulating and nobody wants to pay, they can plausibly say, well, we would have done it, but you know, we're not going to do it if you don't do it. Uh, and the reality is, of course, nobody wants to say, look at America and say, oh, you guys pay $11,300 to go net zero. I want to do that too. Most countries can't even afford that. So the, the reality here is we're not going to solve global warming by simply asking people to be poor and colder. You will solve global warming if you do what's the most American thing of all, namely invest in innovation. If you can innovate the price of green energy down below fossil fuels, everyone will switch, not because right. they're you know, arm-twisted in Glasgow, but because it's cheaper. I mean, I have, um, you know, it's taken me three different systems to finally get it in the last 15 years, but I am now on solar panels and battery panels. It cost me a fortune to do it it's not ready for regular people by any stretch of the imagination but it can be done yeah. and and i would highly recommend it if it were affordable but it's not there yet it's just not there yet and on cloudy days i'm living you know if i'm living in seattle i ain't getting that because it's not going to do much good for me no and and of course what you also have to remember is that uh, unless you, you didn't take any advantage, you've probably taken a lot of subsidies that are mostly paid by all the other rate payers. And, of course, you use the, uh, the, uh, uh, the power production system when it's cloudy. So, you know, it's great for people who are basically getting to be virtuous at low cost with other people's money. But it's not a recipe for how we can run an advanced civilization. It can be someday, and we should certainly be investigating that, but it's not there yet. Um, the, the one question I have also is, have you heard anyone make a good case for all of these electric cars by 2030? Have you, made, have you heard anybody make a good case on where all well, that I've power is coming from? <laughs> yes, that, that's a very good question. Nobody really knows, but also just most people don't want to buy electric cars. Uh, you can obviously subsidize them enormously, and then they will actually pay. Remember, I'm in, I'm in Norway right now, the, the, uh, the center, the epicenter of electric cars. They probably have uh, more than 60% of all new sold cars are electric. Wow. But that's basically because they give you a subsidy that's almost equivalent to the entire price of the car. Now, so do you want to buy an expensive <sighs> diesel or gasoline car, or do you not want to pay anything for the other car? You, know, you actually have to be surprised that there are still other people 
picking the gasoline and the diesel car, but that's the source if you need to get far, you can't use an electric car. Electric cars are great for something, but they're not the panacea that they're being sold out. And they're certainly huge cost, uh, a financial cost in the sense that you, know, uh, you subsidize them for what, five or $10,000, and they deliver fairly small CO2 cuts. So again, it's one of those things that are much more uh, virtue signaling and a little bit of the taste of the future. But we need much better cars, and we honestly need to realize it's going to be part of the solution, but it's not going to be that everybody's going to be driving electric cars. We are, uh, we're entering a time to where I think time is running out, and it's not running out on the planet. It's running out uh, on this trap of, of global warming solutions uh, with, with the uh, World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and all of this stuff. Are, are you are you optimistic that these lies fall apart before we're completely screwed as a Western civilization financially or not? Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see exactly when they'll fall apart. I think once the cost starts actually arriving, remember, global warming was great for politicians for the last 30 years because they basically got to say, the world is failing, but I will save you, and somebody will pay in the future. That's a great setup for a politician. But now they actually have to say, and I have to pay right now. And that's, of course, why they get booted out of office. I think that there's a good chance we're going to waste a lot of trillions of dollars on this. But we're not going to be screwed in that sense. We'll, we'll still remain our fa- remain reasonably sane and say, sure, global warming is a problem. Let's fix it smartly. Let's invest a lot more in research and development so we actually get smart innovation. But we're going to say no to $11,300, and we're going to say no way before it gets that expensive. So it'll have been a, an expensive excursion, but we're not going to emasculate ourselves, I hope. I hope not to uh, as well. Beyond Lomborg, thank you so much. Author of False Alarm uh, and uh, president of the Copenhagen Consensus uh, Center. Always good to have you on. Uh, tonight, don't forget, we have a uh, Wednesday night special. This is the topic, President Biden's radical climate agenda, what's already in place, what's being put in place, and what is coming soon. Uh, it is Build Back Bankrupt. How Biden's climate agenda will finally ruin you. That's tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on BlazeTV.com and Blaze TV YouTube. Don't miss it. If, uh, if you are worried about the economy, please, please listen and, uh, and ask for information. You're smart enough to figure out what's true and what's not. You have to hand it to the Biden administration. Go big or go home. Uh, I mean, I think that's I mean, that is that was invented for for these uh, people. I think they are printing money like it's going out of style and it probably is going out of style and they're not spending your tax dollars at this point. They are spending your grandchildren's tax dollars. Uh, I don't know if the ship can be righted. I don't think it can be myself. The dollar is a thing of the past. It's only a matter of time. It is also only a matter of time before we hit inflation that will make your eyes bleed. Uh, I hope that's when we all wake up. But who knows? Goldline is there to help protect you against uh, dollar collapse and against inflation. 
This week, they're offering the free platinum special. They, this is the last week. They only have a few of them uh, left. Get your financial house in order now. Goldline is giving away at no cost a one-tenth-ounce platinum coin with qualifying order of graded $5 gold Indians. They've never given platinum away, platinum away because of its price and demand, but they are this week, this week only, 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A couple of things uh, that we may have missed. First of all, Stu is uh, back from vacation. I missed you, Stu. Uh, the story that you think I probably missed because you weren't here. <laughs> Do you have uh, one? Well, the World Series is going on. You may I didn't know even that. know okay. that. I didn't know that. The reason why it will be interesting to you is not because of the baseball being played, but because the if you remember just a few months ago they pulled the all-star game out of atlanta right because of all the racist voting laws Correct. that were occurring there a nonsensical policy that they basically have admitted they were just running from the controversy and they didn't believe this Correct. was a sensible move correct so baseball has its way of being baseball and just doing things that just make life interesting and so the world series matchup is atlanta <laughs> versus houston Oh my gosh. So now this commissioner that oh, canceled. Oh, there is a God. <laughs> there is it, a right? God. Intelligent design is yeah. here. So they've proved it basically because now this commissioner, Manfred, who, who's the guy who is responsible for this, has to bounce back and forth between the two states who are most centrally talked about in the voting rights controversy, Georgia and Texas, and then has to give out the trophy in one of these two places where he will be mercilessly booed for uh his oh, stance especially in atlanta where you know again obviously half the fans there that go to these games are not conservative even the workers aren't necessarily conservative although the braves did at the time call out the league and say this is ridiculous i mean you can't you're just pulling this out of our city because uh, we didn't pass the law even we agree with it or not it wasn't us who passed it uh, the state passed it. We just happen to be in the state. They, they remove it. And now they have to go to a place where not only do they have to deal with the voting rights thing, but a, sta- a, a, a team that has the tomahawk chop in the audience. <laughs> I mean, this is just glorious. If you don't, even if you don't like baseball, just to watch this guy squirm in his seat, it's worth watching. We'll see you uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, how Biden's climate change plans will break your budget. Tonight, 9 o'clock, don't miss it. This is the Glenn Beck Program.